Let's get real. Who wants to have another surface level conversation? Not us. I'm Samantha. And I'm Christian. Two friends having raw but truth-filled conversations about the messiness of life. So buckle up and don't be shy. Because, yep, we're We're going going there. there. Okay, we are back, and I can't believe it's the final episode of our mini-series this fall, You Asked, We're Answering, here with our last topic. Every time we say that you asked, we're answering, I do giggle to myself. I know. Like, even when I listen to episodes back, I'm like, why do we say it like that? But it's fun. how do you want us to say it? I don't know. There's not another You Asked, We're Answering. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. I don't we know. Little, Again, like, still feel like Dr. Phil or like Maybe this could be a reoccurring yearly or biannually little mini series we do because there's always these like reoccurring topics that pop up and we could take like 15 different angles on each one. Oh, yeah. Well, we hope you guys have enjoyed because I think it is fun to hear. I mean, you guys did ask all these questions. These are like our most asked people want to hear about these topics. And so it's been fun to cover them. And like we've always said, we've covered some of these in other episodes. We've kind of sprinkled our ideas about these topics in other episodes. But it's fun to have an episode just dedicated to these topics specifically. Okay, so today we're covering finances. And it's funny because we didn't really like pick out super in order, like how we wanted these to come out. But we were like, oh, let's record that one next. Let's record that one next. And I was like, how did we save? In my opinion, actually one of the hardest for last. And I think it's hard because we've said this about a bunch of them. I don't feel like an expert. It's so individual. It reminds me of the parenting one. Like, I don't know your situation. You don't know mine. It's like we have a lot of biblical foundations to go off on it, but in the practical sense, it can look so different for every believer, every follower of God. That probably is why finances are a really hard topic for people because there's a million different ways that it can play out, but there are a few explicit things that the Bible talks about. And so that's what we're diving in today. Obviously, we want to take all these topics and think through what does the world say? What does the Bible say? And how do we live that out? I mean, it's kind of like our going there vibe of just like, how do we actually live out following Jesus in a world that doesn't follow Jesus? And I think we were joking before we got on mic. Finances would be a lot easier conversation if we all just like walked around. Maybe you saw my idea. I was going to say that. Oh, well, I just told I mean, you that. Well, I know. But like, well, this is what we were talking about. Yes. You can chime in. This is Samantha's yes. idea. But we were saying like, it would be a lot easier, like maybe in our AI world, who are headed here or something, but like above our heads, it would just be like everyone's bank account yeah. digits, like around. Because I think it's easy to look at other people's situations and say, oh, well, like, I mean, just honestly, kind of like write yourself alongside other people. Like, am I doing the right things? Do I have enough? Am I saving enough? Am I spending wisely? It would be a lot easier if like all cards were on the table all the time, but like the cards aren't on the table. And so then we're pulled into how do I use wisdom? How do I discern well? How do I share and be held accountable? But then also if you are married, you have a partner in also the finance game and that makes things like more confusing. So it's very dynamic. It's tricky. And I'm always curious too, like, oh, how much does this person invest? Or like, okay, we were talking about beforehand, like you can think you have an idea of how someone spends their money based on like what you see outwardly, but you don't know like how much debt they have, or maybe they actually give like triple the amount that you think that they spend and like they're healthy about it. I mean, you can have a lot of money and be healthy or unhealthy and you can have not as much money and be healthy or unhealthy. And so It is just such a tricky thing to navigate. And I think I've grown a lot in thinking about finances over the years. It's something I think we'll always have to grow in. But 
I kind of get like fed on Instagram, those reels. Have you seen them where it'll be like a finance person and it's like showing her a notebook and it's like, this is how someone who lives in like Madison, Wisconsin with an annual salary of like $139 like spends their monthly budget. I find it so fascinating. Yeah. Well, also like living costs are very different around the world. So I actually think those are the most interesting because I'm like, wow, $2,000 goes a lot farther there than it does there. And In like, New York it's City, really yeah. interesting to see like, oh, someone could pay $800 on a mortgage or $5,500 on a right. mortgage. And you're right. like, oh, this is right. very different. And so obviously that's going to look differently. I think in the world we see a lot of different perspectives, but the probably the more common one would just be like the hope and dream of constantly wanting more money. So if that is more success, more money, more savings, more things. I think that's what we see most often in the culture. But you also see this side in the culture of like, I'm going to hoard, I'm going to make all this money, but then just a hoard for safety, security, control. So I think there's kind of two ways that the world says, hey, you could like make all this money and then show it off or you can make all this money and hoard it. I don't know. What else do you see? Well, I was going to say you see nowadays too this idea that you should be like a financial genius. Like there's all these like ways that you can. I think about people I know that like hack all the travel credit card systems or yeah, you see those budgeting things and you're like, you have the opportunity. I mean, it's always been a thing, but like I want to make all these right investments and I'm going to get into like these kind of investment funds and I'm going to buy some real estate property and flip it and like make some cash and like all these different opportunities because you can listen to podcasts. Like you can almost become like a mini banker now because you can like learn about all these topics that probably you would have to have like had training to be an accountant or to be a whatever to do some of that stuff. And so you can become like a mini expert on it. And so then the expectation is that like you would be so skilled where every penny that you bring in like goes. And I think that is actually part of our culture too. That It's not even like, I actually think that switched a lot, probably more our parents' generation where it was like, buy the biggest house, buy the fanciest cars. I mean, of course you still have that, but even- Because they were also coming out of a culture where their parents like maybe couldn't provide. So our parents were like, we want to provide for you. So we want all these things to make your life better. And now we're products of that. True. And again, it's changed again. Well, and like celebrity culture, even sometimes you'll hear them be like, well, we drive this car. Like they almost- almost want to like simplify. And part of that is true because you get all of that mm-hmm. and you think that that's going to provide security. Well, I'm sure dive more into that, but it's such a big lie that it doesn't provide you what you want. And so I think that we do kind of see this lifestyle of almost it's like more admirable for people to like live on less mm-hmm. and to like not be as flashy. Do you know what I mean too? That's definitely part of the like cool culture too of like, don't be overly flashy. Yes. Well, when you talk about just like everyone obsessing over like we could become an expert in anything, literally yesterday I'm having a conversation with coworkers and in one conversation, I mean, super short conversation, I was suggested to download two different apps to save me different money in like different areas of my life. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And I literally am just like looking at these people, like again, great ideas. I just thought to myself, I don't have the capacity to do that. And yeah. like, that could save me $100 on my daughter's EpiPen. But I'm like, <laughs> I'm not, I don't have the mind capacity to be able yeah. to do that right now. Was it GoodRx? Yes. Well, actually, you should download GoodRx. Well, I know that. Good. I mean, but then the other one was like a gas station and like rewards yeah. through there. And I was like, great ideas. I probably should be doing those things. But I think that is kind of like just the story of our culture right, right. now is like everyone does think like, yeah, hack how the can system we and, yes, yeah. hack all the th- systems, be the expert in all things, be making money as you can. And it can be really overwhelming. For sure. Because then we're honestly just kind of tapping into this false sense of security and control of where we don't have it. Right. And 
It's so funny. We were just talking about, we saw one of our friends up here and she asked what we were recording. We told her we were doing finances. And in our personal friend group a week or so ago, we all laid out like what we spend monthly on groceries because inflation, like grocery prices have changed a lot. And someone was like, hey, my husband has been expecting us to spend X amount on groceries. Isn't that crazy? Will you guys tell me what you spend? So then you can like bring it back to your spouse because that is kind of valid. Like sometimes... Justin will be like, oh my gosh, I didn't know X, Y, and Z cost that much. I'm like, yeah, like paper towels are expensive or like yeah. dish soap. You have no context. Pull-ups are so expensive. Because I'm the one in our home. It doesn't have to be this way, but like I tend to be the one to go and purchase those things. And so like I see what's normal. And then sometimes the expectation is like you're spending less, but you're like, you have no idea how much things are costing right now. It's not like I'm out buying like... Fun the bougiest yeah. of bougie Yeah, I'm like just buying whatever. <laughs> Thank goodness we don't buy pull-ups anymore. But yeah, those are pricey. They're so pricey. But yeah, and then this last weekend I was talking with a family member of mine and she was just saying it's her and her husband. They have no children yet. They both work. And so she's just like, as young adults, I've like never looked at the price of things. She was like, honestly, every week I go to the grocery store. I never look at the cost of anything because I just buy the same thing. Like yeah. I know what bread I want. I'm going to buy that loaf of bread. And she's like, Wow, that's so weird. You compare prices and stuff because we were playing this like silly game of like, what is the price of a gallon of gas or a loaf of bread, whatever? And she was like, I don't know. Any I of don't that. know that. I'm bad. I'm I like, don't look oh at that. Gosh. This would be where my husband's like smacking his head because <laughs> I don't look. I'll be like, oh, I love that branding. Like I'm grabbing it. It's so bad. But that's also like our brains are all formed differently and we think differently about things. And like that's an area. OK, I should grow in. But that's not as like natural, I think, to some people. And it really comes out in the way that we think about money. Yes. And so obviously that's what the world says. But what does the Bible say about finances? Here's the thing. You hear the thing of like money is one of the most mentioned things in the Bible. And there is a lot of scripture on it. But again, we're going to get into this. Like you take that scripture and you take those truths and then you watch it play out in people's lives really differently. And I think what we can tend to do, and I want to say this as we jump into it, is like we can tend as Christians to look at the way someone else in our Christian community is spending their money or living their life. And we can judge based on what we see outwardly. And like, okay, maybe sometimes how we choose to spend our money is sometimes a reflection of like where our hearts are. That can be an indication. And that is a way that we are called to live differently than the world. But I was going to read a scripture about how like God gives us each our daily bread, like what we need. And some people that's going to look like a different amount, but it's still the same God like caring for each of us in the same way, but that's going to look really different. And so, yeah, I wanted to like precursor with all that before we jump in because it's tricky. Yeah. The Bible is very clear that money and finances are a gift and a blessing from God, that these are gifts to us. I mean, we're coming off of our parenting episode. You could talk about it in the same way as like children. Like we're given financial blessings as exactly that blessings to bless other people. And so in the Bible, you see a lot of different examples. You see a lot of times that Jesus talks about money and we'll go through some of those because I think it's good to know, like, what does the Bible explicitly talk about in money? Because as we've already established, there is a really kind of convoluted and more hard side of that, of like a heart posture and a heart desire for and how you're spending money, which is obviously harder for us to talk about or weigh in on because we don't know your heart posture or mine. Yeah, I wrote some things down and then I have this first. So I said finances are hard because number one, it's so private. Like it would be weird. And there is a stigma if I started just like openly telling you about 
our successes, especially successes, but like successes and failures and like finances, like that feels awkward. It's like, why are you talking about that? Like that's not our information to be heard or whatever. It's also hard because it's like you can't put your security into it, but you do have to have it to survive. Like, so that gets really tricky because you're like, wait, I would love to be a person that says I don't care, but it's like, I have children to feed. I have to eat. Like all these things play into that aspect too, which is hard. And then it's easy to place our, like I was saying, our hope and security in it because our world does tell you, you need that to be secure. You need to have that for a secure future and then makes it easy to want more. Like there's never a stopping point for when you're satisfied. And then it's easy to continuously be dissatisfied in it. So I wanted to read 1 Timothy 6, 9 through 10. It says, but those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. And verse 10 says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. It's interesting because I've always heard the saying, like, money is the root of evil. And I always thought that was the scripture. And it's good to be reminded. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. And so money itself isn't inherently bad, but the love of it is. And so how do we sort that out? I think it's an ongoing, never-ending battle for most of us. Well, and isn't it crazy how many things in the Bible that we talk a ton about this, that the number of things that God gives us saying, this is going to be good. This is a way that I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless generations beyond you that we as humans make it bad. Mm -hmm. That money in itself is not a bad thing to have. I mean, we could go on, you could hear a billion sermons, you could listen to a billion podcasts about that. But it's the love of money that is your hope, is your desire, is your security, is your control rooted in the love of the security you have in having money. And I think, again, it's a really hard thing to even talk about or decipher for other people because we don't know the condition of the heart. But I think that's an easy, I love that you bring up just in Christian culture and communities, it's easy. And I think we need to be people who are able to evaluate ourselves of, do I look at other people in my Christian sphere and circle and judge them for the ways that they spend money when I really don't know the ins and outs of that? I think it's easy to say, I'm spending my money more wisely than they are, or I'm being a disciple more so of my money than they are. And I think that's a really dangerous game to get into. For sure. Because again, we're told like money is not a problem. It's our love of that and our outpouring of that. I wrote something down that I read. I forgot where I read it when I was like prepping for this episode, but it says, or if there's a problem with money, it's there's a problem with us. Like it's Mm -hmm. us. There's a problem with the heart. Yeah. yeah, Like that's the problem with money. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously it's really hard to separate those things, but it just can't be a rival to God. Like it can't be in that pedestal. Same with our marriage, same with placing our hope in children. But why is it that money feels so much more like, oh, if you're a believer, you should have that figured out. And like, you should live with as little as possible and you should give it all the way. Like I'm saying all that of like, of course. Yeah. Right. Isn't that what the Bible says? It's like, well, there's a lot and a lot to that. Well, again, I think it's just one of the things that it's very outwardly easy to see or feel or notice about other people or yourself. Like, where is my security? Like, it's easy to see that my security could easily be in that spot. I remember a couple years ago, we, as a friend group, there was a Christian author who we love, came out with a book, and she talked about how they all share finances, like in their small group Mm -hmm. with each other. And so in our friend group, we actually had a conversation that I remember, I'm just like, I want to touch on the accountability and kind of just like judging of other people. I remember having a conversation about that because we were all like, 
should we be doing that? Is that something we're going to be doing? Is like, what is that? I mean, even as a friend group, even as just like a Christian community, we all come from very different backgrounds. We all are in different situations now. And I think there is this stigma around it. But then even ever since then, since we've grown in community, there have been, like you just said, last week, we're all talking, hey, how much do you spend on groceries? Like, can we all just go around and like, because I just want some data to be like, am I crazy? Is right. this not? What is feasible in well, this like by economy? By the way, spoiler alert, what our friend's husband thought she should be spending on groceries for a family of four was like crazy. Yeah, we were all like, oh my goodness, how are you even doing that? And we don't have to say numbers because everyone lives in different places and maybe that's more normal for you. You're like a super good budget, but we were like, yeah, no, we're all spending more than that. But what was cool about that conversation is we tried to encourage a friend that we were like, you guys host a ton. Mm -hmm. You are doing a ton for other people. You are very generous with like bringing meals to people and doing things for other people. So we're like, how are you actually been doing that? And she's like, well, I've not been. I've been blowing the budget. But we were all really impressed. And I think then when you're in a community like that, I'm not necessarily vying for like either option. If you share your finances with people, that's awesome. If you don't, that's great. But I thought it was a good picture of when you are in close community, there are appropriate times and places to say, hey, I want to like bring this to your attention or what are you thinking about this? Or I would hope that if I just went out and I was like, Samila, look at all this new stuff I've been buying I think there could be an appropriate place for you to be like, hey, I just want to check in. Like, how's that going? Or like, why are you getting all this new stuff? Or like, I don't know how that would come up. That's what I'm like. You're saying that. And I'm like, I don't know if I would. And I'm just being really honest. I'm not saying that's right. Like, I think I would just kind of be like, okay, like, I don't know the details. I mean, I know probably more than most people would know. And you same for me about like some of the more intimate details of our family life like that. But I would be like, okay, maybe she's been like saving up. And I'm saying this is a lie. This is like a very worldly way to think about it. I'm admitting that right now. I would probably say to myself, like, that's not my business, like to ask her that or to press into that. But I do think if you're in a relationship and this applies to other things we've talked about where you've given people like, hey, you have permission to speak into my life specifically like, hey, okay, maybe if I knew you're hardcore budgeting or something, it's like you guys are about to have a third baby and you were like making crazy purchases. I think I would make it more casual. Like, hey, aren't you supposed to be budgeting right now? Like, yes, that's what, what I'm like. I'm saying yeah. like in close community, I I think yes. it would be weird if you didn't say something to yeah, me because yeah. you know so many intimate things about my life True. that if I just went out and I like started buying all these things and buying all these like, I mean, new stuff that you were just like, this is out of the norm for you. Right. Like, what's up? Right. Or like, what happened? Because honestly, if our financial situation changed, you would probably hear about that. True. Too. Yeah. That's the truth and of it. And because like, you're openly saying, hey, this is a goal right now. Yes. And so I would see you like living outside of getting to yes. that goal kind of so good i bring all that up because it's i'm so like i'm not, to think about. I'm not saying it. accountability isn't i think accountability has to be present if that's with your partner if you guys are sharing finances or if that's like in a close community and again but i think there's a lot of caveats to that but i just want to make that clear of like i do think there's an appropriate time that we are called to be held accountable and seek wisdom and so that could look different in your circumstance i can't speak to all of that but i think it's a unique thing that like we have walked through and we've like had different conversations about. Yeah. And I will say that author who most of you guys probably like know, it's a specific church in a different state than ours that they kind of encourage some of their community groups to do that. And she's very explicit that it works really well for the season of life that they're in, that they're all more empty nesters. And 
there is a level of maturity and I think just growth. And I don't think in like a young, maybe friend group where everyone is at such different places in their careers. And there's so many like feelings attached to that. It's like, maybe that wouldn't be the healthiest. She was not saying that everyone should do that. She was just sharing like her example of like, it's really cool that we have this. Justin and I, like, I again, agree. We're not like giving every bit of information to someone and being like, hey, like tell us yes and no to all this stuff. But there is someone, an older person who's a believer and who has been in similar business type dealings in his career that my husband is. And so we often will seek wisdom of like, hey, is this a smart decision or how did you handle this? Or I wanted to get to this too, but kind of going through a season like just because you can doesn't mean you need to and like should. And there are seasons where I think like having restraint is really good for me. It's like, okay, technically the money could be there for me to buy this shirt or it's in the budget. But like, there's also something beautiful about like being disciplined to say like, I can be content. Like I don't need that. And then there's times where like you can splurge on a fun new outfit for an event or like that's not wrong. But I think it's like having that balance of, okay, when is a season where I can tell my heart is feeling discontent and I'm buying things just because I'm not putting it on a credit card. I'm not spending money I don't have. But do I really need that like act of Mm -hmm. just buying something to buy shared with you that I have walked through seasons. I mean, even recently, like I have felt in my heart before. Again, this goes back to like, are we people who are seeking wisdom from God's word daily? And that is a part of the blessing of like being in tune with the spirit of like we get to discern and we get to weed out like what is wise, what is not, because I've been through seasons where I mean, it has hit me and I'm like, I have not wanted for anything in a long time. Like, I'm like, I say I want that new shirt and I got it. Or I want, oh, yeah. I need that new, like, even just as simple as like, oh, I ran out of my favorite makeup thing. I'm going to buy it. Like, I don't even think about where our budget is or what it is. And so then I'm like, wow, I really need to pull back on that. Like, I am just not wanting for anything. And obviously having young people in your home, I think it's even more convicting because your sin is almost like on spotlight and display in them. And so you're just like, oh, wow, you are being really greedy right now. And again, they don't have the mind to like comprehend that right now. But I'm like, oh, I am in charge of helping you understand like these are gifts. These are blessings. And so how am I saying like, hey, we don't have money for that. Or hey, we're going to save up for that. Or how do you want to save up in your piggy bank for that toy? Or no, we don't have to get a toy every time we are at the store. So I do think it puts all of that on display for you to really check your own heart. And so there have been seasons where I'm like, wow, Andrew, I really want to be held accountable to you that like, we don't need that right now. And let's like map this out some. But then again, is it wrong to also like say like, I wanted that. And so I bought it. I don't think that's wrong. Obviously, if you have like the money and the finances, and that's not like unwise. So it's just hard. And I'll say, I don't remember if I told you this or a different from this last year, but I was doing the same thing where I actually started a note list in my phone of things that I came up that I was like wanting or needing. So like, oh, these under eye patches that I love. Okay. They're a little pricey. Like I'm going to put them on that list or this new cream I've been wanting to try or whatever it was. Okay. And then I sat with it. And then every once in a while I would be like, okay, there's the money for me to find, like I wanted to get something new. And then half the time I would go back to that list and I would be like, oh, I don't really want that anymore. Yeah, the luster of what you want. I heard that wasn't good. And I'm like, no, that was such a good practice for my heart and just being patient. And then every once in a while there is something like, oh my gosh, I've been wanting this for 
two weeks or three months or whatever. I've really been wanting this. Two weeks is a little short, but you know, <laughs> depending on what it is. And then it's like, okay, great. I can feel better about making that purchase because I'm not just like flippantly spending. And I think in so much of our Christian walk, that is what God is asking us to do, to be thoughtful about our decisions and our choices. And with money, it is so easy to just like swipe, swipe, swipe. I mean, Apple Pay now, like when you're on Instagram and I mean, it's crazy how my brain sometimes I'll be like, why did I just buy those like weird well, PJs what makes for my kids or whatever. sometimes is like when I see, I mean, this speaks to our culture though. Like this is the cultural moment of money. You, you want, you see, you get. And it is Two like days an later, it's there. Yeah. yeah. And it's immediate gratification. I get so sad when I like purchase things. If I'm on Instagram and I buy something for $28 and it's like, you can do this after pay for four payments of whatever. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I know. I'm like, who's I'm doing like the that? The number of people who I'm sure in again, if you are someone who does this, I don't want you to feel like shame in this moment, but I'm like, if you can't spend the $28, then like, why, why do we are live you in a culture it? that we're giving people options to do a payment plan on $28? That's really sad. It's really sad. Yeah. And so I think we really do. Again, we should be grieved with the things of like, that is not wise. That is not stewarding these blessings well. And we should have wisdom and discernment and flee from mm -hmm. making poor decisions like For that sure. because we are called to steward it. For sure. I've actually wondered about those things, how they make money, because it always is like zero interest. And like I know in a traditional loan, that's how the bank or the supplier of that loan like makes money. I'm like, how are these people making money? Okay. Anyways, that's uh, a different yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. But I will say this, and I wanted to precursor with this too. Like I, as you hear us talking about this, I don't want to take away from the fact that financial stress is like really real. And you could be hearing this and be thinking like, you guys have no idea like how dire of a situation me or me and my family are in. And like, I like feel for that too, because it can then be easy to think that no one else has the financial stress and just the burden of that. What I will say, and we're going to talk about how the Bible is explicit about it is dangerous to have a lot. Like mm -hmm. it's okay to have what you need. It's dangerous when you start getting a lot. Doesn't mean you can't have a lot in excess. I know so many like awesome believing people who do have more than what they need. Mm -hmm. But the Bible is clear about how it is so crazy dangerous when you get to that spot because you're going to start being tempted to love that more than you love God. And what I'll say is when Justin and I first got married, I mean, I was 20, he was 21. We were still in college. Basically, our parents decided what we kind of got as like a stipend monthly individually. This took a lot of convincing. Actually, our pastor like convinced some of this. Like they kind of had the idea, well, you guys, if you get married, you're going to be completely cut off. But we still had school. Mm -hmm. And so we were kind of like, what do we do? And then thankfully, again, from the wisdom of our pastor, he was like, hey, if you're supporting them individually, why not like finish supporting them throughout their college experience? And I mean, it was such a minuscule amount because like we were living in our own apartment. It's not like I was still living with a group of five girls where like when I was getting my little deposit for my family, whatever, for college back then. And then my babysitting money, I was like, cha-ching, like I would pay my rent. I'd buy my like cheap groceries. And then I'd be like, nails done, new outfit for game day. I lived on like $30 of groceries a week. That's crazy. Yeah. Like literally, I was and like, I would eat I'm out just all the time. chicken. And yeah, that was yeah. me in college. Yeah. I'm like, how did I make it? Right. And then I would like babysit all the time. And I would be like, I'm so rich. Cause like <laughs> I have all this extra babysitting money. I don't have bills to pay. I mean, again, I'm saying this as like, I understand that that's a blessing because my dad literally would pay like work all summer doing like lawn care stuff and then literally like write the check for each class to like that pay his way through. Yeah. yeah. So we're just sharing our experiences and being vulnerable in that. But when Justin and I got married, then like 
the stress we thought we had about money, it was almost like we didn't even have the stress because like we just literally don't have any. Like we would take our two little monthly amounts we would get, we would combine them, we would pay our rent and then we would like go try to buy some groceries and then it would be like, okay, I'll never forget. I had been used to probably just spending in a frivolous way and I went to Target And at that point, we were like really checking in about any purchase. And there was like a top from Target. It couldn't have been more than like $24. Yeah. Yeah. And I asked Justin, I was like, I hadn't shopped like all summer. We had been married a few months. I'm like, hey, can I get this top? I really need it for like XYZ. And he told me no. And I was so mad. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, anyways, like looking back at that, what I will say is, I remember thinking, okay, one day when you're making this amount, one day when you're making this amount, there won't be stress. It's just a lie. Like there's always, it's laughable because the more you have, the more there is to stress about. And people used to say that. It's like, oh, okay, sure. It's kind of true because you buy into this lie then that you can spend more and do more. And while you can, it's like you have to work so much harder at remembering like this is not mine. First of all, this is a gift from God. Everything I have and my husband makes or I make is a gift from God, a blessing. And so it's really not up to me to decide how to spend it all and how often am I actually seeking, okay, God, how do you want me to be spending right now? Like you have to go back to that over and over. Again, I just had this thought because as we come off the parenting episode, I literally think like, what do I say to my children? It's the classic parent thing of like when your kid wants a new pet and you're like, well, let's see if you can stick with this responsibility. And if you can stick with that responsibility, then we can talk about getting a pet. And so like I am trying to be a good parent and teaching my child responsibility, wisdom, keeping tabs on something. And I think it's interesting, you know, if we're speaking about money as a blessing from God, that as he is our perfect parent, we were just covering this in our parent episode, if he's the perfect parent, then like he is also giving us blessings saying like, I mean, he knows us better than ourselves. He knows our hearts and minds. He knows the desires. And so also he's going to give us what he knows that we can steward well. And I think we often, yeah, have that mindset of like, well, once I reach that amount of money, then we will be set. Once I reach that, I will be good to go. And I think it's just a really quick lie that of like, no, if you can't steward the whatever amount that you were making as newlywed, then why do you think you can steward more? Well, I will push back a little on that and say, it's kind of that saying of like, God doesn't give you more than you can handle. I actually disagree because I do think he lets people succeed exponentially. I'm not saying it's a a reflection of what you will receive. I'm saying, I think as humans, we just always think like, oh, Uh, we want more. We're going to do more mm -hmm. once we have that much money, Mm -hmm. we'll be set. But I think it's funny of like, we as parents know we think that about our own children. And so it's like, hey, why do you think that you're going to do it any better? If you can't carry that responsibility, sure. you're probably not going to do saying. that. Yeah. So I'm not saying no. That's yeah. like weird theology. Yeah, theology. Yeah. No, I'm I, not okay, saying okay, that. Okay, I'm not okay. saying God's going to bless you if you can, if you can financially if you budget, budget well for here. one year, then next no, no, year no. your salary will increase times three or whatever. No, no. not saying that at yeah, all. Yeah, I'm yeah. just saying we foolishly fall under the exact same True. thing we try to teach our children that like, we are no better in also doing that. So like, why do we think we're going to be any different? And I think one of the issues with the more you have, Proverbs 38 through 9 talks about it. Like when you are met with every need 
on your own, when you say on our own, we're just saying we know it's from God, but like we easily think it's us, then it kind of limits your need for God. And so that's one of the biggest things about when he talks about having excess, it's like you need to be really careful because you're so easily tempted to think that you don't need God to rely on for your daily need. And so I think that is like a good time too to like ask yourself that, okay, if I or my spouse or my whoever I'm doing life with or individually, if I lost everything tomorrow, like how would that feel? And hear me say like, there's practicality and like you would be stressed. It would be okay to be sad. Like that is a hardship. But when we really trust that God meets every need, it's like, okay, but I have to say that like God would still be good. And would my life, if my lifestyle had to change, would I then feel like my life was over? That's actually a really convicting thought to me sometimes. Oh yeah. I mean, I think it's convicting with anything. And I think money is one of those things. I mean, we were saying like, why is it? But like, we all can admit that of like alongside our loved ones, money stands at the top of like, that is a big part of security. And I think it makes it confusing and hard because we do live in a culture. We live in a society that you have to have money to survive and thrive and have any sort of life. I mean, even if you are going to be someone who's like, I want to live really minimally and I want to live off the land, you're still going to have to spend money and like buying farming equipment and do your van to travel around. Yes. I mean, like there's still going to be things. So even if you're living minimally, we still live in a society and a culture and an age where like money is a means of trading for goods. Yeah. And we see that in scripture, like Jesus lived in that way. I mean, the story of his birth, they were headed to pay their taxes. Like that's part of being in our government system that you have to align with. But I think that's good. And I want to jump into this really quick too, is just the tithing and the giving too. I think often when you hear a sermon about money, or people in the church talking about money, it's mostly about giving. Like, are you being generous? And that is something I want to talk about. But I like that we focused on that other stuff too, because I think that's the lesser Mm -hmm. spoken about things. But it is not an option if you are a believer in following God to not be generous with your money. Like that is just like a prerequisite. It is in scripture. Tithing, I don't understand. I will be honest. Like we should have an expert on like, There's questions I have, and I think it's just like a difference in theology. Like if that 10% needs to go solely to the church or if you can have that go to other like Christian organizations. I know there's like disagreements about that. We don't have to get into all of that. But when I go back up to like a 360 view of tithing and giving is just at the end of the day, it is not an option to not in some way. And it is a heart practice that I think God specifically wants us to do as a way to be disciplined and to show that humility of like, even times that I don't want to do that. I don't want to set aside even that times money. That, that doesn't even make sense in the money that I do have. Exactly. I'm still going to put my first and best forward to you. Yeah. I want to talk about tithing for sure, because the Bible does talk about specific ways and like things around money. And the first one it talks about is tithing, that 10% is going to that. And I think one thing I read, I now can't remember where I read it, but I wrote it down here, but I thought it was really good because it talked about in this like consumer culture that we live in, I think it's really easy to think that our tithing is a way to thank or show worth or appreciation to an organization or to a pastor's worth or value of like how great of a preacher he is. And it really talks and warns against like, that is not a tithe. The tithe is not to show thankfulness or show worth or value to people. Yes, it is 
is a way to surrender and sacrifice to the Lord for what he is doing and the fulfillment of what he will continue to do in our belief of him. And I think that's so good because like, I think it's easy in our consumer culture to say, yeah, I'm going to tithe. But like, I didn't really love what my church was doing this month. So like, I'm not going to tithe. I don't really know if it's worth it. I don't love what they're doing in that. That's a whole other conversation that I have a lot of opinions about, but I do think it's easy to get into that consumerism. And it's like, no, we are called to give to what the Lord is doing. I mean, there's stuff all throughout the Bible talking about tithing, but you can find that in Matthew and Mark and Luke and Malachi, 1 Samuel. I mean, I looked up tons of verses. Why not John? And it keeps... John. And it keeps talking about a tithe is supporting what the Lord is doing himself, Mm -hmm. that we are supporting that the Lord has done these things. And it's a surrender and it's an act of humility and a heart posture to say, Lord, I believe that you will continue to do that again. And so I think we have to be people who like, I mean, again, if you have a spouse in this situation of your finances, or if you're just on your own, I think if you're not doing that, we would be pretty hard pressed to challenge you. Like we are very strictly called to tithe with our finances first and foremost. And people always like, it's funny to me when we hear these conversations, we've even been asked things like that. Like, wait, do I tithe off of my like net or growth? You know what I'm saying? And it's like, okay, guys, I don't know. Maybe someone out there who knows that theology better has a more descriptive answer on that but I would say like it's more about the heart condition of like you work that out with God like pray about it see where your convictions are I don't understand all of that necessarily but sometimes I think yeah we try to get so like technical with it it's a heart posture of giving back to God what is already his and not ours anyway and so I think that a lot of people maybe don't know much about that and so if you have more questions like feel free to DM us about tithing we'll try to point you to some more resources but I think in our generation like people just don't even know that's a thing. And you're right. Like anything above than that 10% is considered an offering. Or if you want to donate to other organizations or be generous in a specific way as out of like a form of gratitude, that is where you hear the word like an offering. But it's interesting. Yeah. So a few other things I had like four different items that the Bible talks specifically about what we are to do with our money. So first, like supporting what the Lord is doing. So in a way, tithing 10%. The second would be, they talk a lot about paying taxes. I mean, obviously you mentioned like Jesus's birth in general, but paying taxes and being an abiding citizen with your funds that we are called to live under the law of the land. And that is partly paying taxes. And that is following what we are commanded by law to pay. And I mean, you can find that in Matthew and Acts and Romans. I could read all these verses off, but I'm saying those because like, there's so many verses very legitimate about money. places mm-hmm. that it talks about that we are to be citizens who adhere to the leadership in the land and live under that law. And I'm not saying I hear it often, but I think it's a very easy, quick fix in our culture to say, oh, what workaround can I find there? How can I squeeze my way through that? Or how can I not do what I'm getting asked to do? Or like, Mm -hmm. I think that's the dumbest rule. I'm not going to follow that. Mm -hmm. We don't really have that option as citizens of first and foremost, the kingdom of God, and then under the law of the land that you live in, that we are called to. And there's a lot of scripture that backs that up. The third thing that it talked about is that we should use our money on material things to help and support physical needs of others. Mm -hmm. There are so many examples. Obviously, that's the way of Jesus to love and serve other people. But I think that goes to like the whole first part of our conversation that we are called to be generous with our money, that we should be generously giving to people 
who have less than us or even more, but just giving to others who have needs that we can meet. If that's giving a meal or if that's giving them, like I think about all the ministries our church has in our fix-it team that they go over and build a ramp for someone who doesn't have the funds to do that in their home. Or I was sitting at our front desk the other day and a woman called and said like, I don't have funds to feed my family tonight for dinner or tomorrow for breakfast. Like, how can you guys help me? She was like, I get paid tomorrow afternoon. And it broke my heart because I'm like, I can't imagine being in a position where like you are wanting for your next meal for your children. And we are called to be generous that we do get the benefit and the awesomeness of trusting God with our finances. And so even if it doesn't make sense for my pocket, I can say, okay, this has been presented to me and God, I'm going to trust that you're going to fulfill and you're going to give me my daily bread as you promise that I don't need to be close-fisted or be anxious or fearful about the future because in wisdom, because I'm in tune with you, I can make this generous offering to this person because they're in need and I'm not. And I just think it's really awesome. I mean, Again, we could say like that was literally the way that Jesus lived his life. And so if we're walking like him or with him, that's what it should look like. And then the last thing, I mean, I was just going to say like, we've talked about this a ton, but it talks about that we should manage our money with wisdom. Again, we talk about a wisdom a lot on this podcast. I feel like that's kind of been like, I don't know, it could have been another title for this series. Yeah. Yeah. Just because I think we live in a culture that is really smart, but are you wise? And the Bible talks a lot about wisdom. And so even in this conversation, we've said, use you can wisdom, know all the, or like you can know all the things about finances, but are you using wisdom, biblical wisdom? Yes. And so I think we have to know that like we are called to that in scripture that, I mean, there's again, tons of verses of that, that talks about using money with wisdom, loving in wisdom, caring for others in wisdom with our finances. So like we don't have an option to not yeah. do that. Yeah. And I mean, there's so many things we could get into. I think about how there's biblical principles talking about you should never be living off of like what you don't have. So in debt, and that's just a long road. I mean, being generous, I think is the easier thing in the Christian sphere of like, oh yeah, I can give some money to like the homeless or needy. But like, are you doing that because it's like the right thing to do? Or is your heart truly in a place of like, I want to have a posture of generosity. I want to be reminded. I mean, there's something to that too. When God calls us to be generous, he is inviting us in on like experiencing the blessing. I mean, it's not about us feeling good, but it feels good to be able to like help someone else out because you like to think, oh, there's other ways that I've been blessed by people in my life. Maybe it wasn't providing a meal, but it was this way instead. And so like when we're blessed like that and we should all ultimately look at anything we have as a blessing from God, we can then like outpour that to others. And I think that's just like an easier way to view it sometimes, but there's so much more that goes into it. And when you talk about a heart posture, I think it's easy to say, I'm going to give out of the surplus of what I have, but I'm not going to give out of a sacrifice of what I have. Right. The need that I have. And I think that Again, following the way of Jesus looks like giving from the need that I have, that I am going to love and give and serve more because I am like faithful to believe that, or I am believing that God will be faithful in what he needs for me to give me the energy, to give me the money, to give me the food, to give me the home that we need, that I don't just give out of the surplus. Obviously, if that's the case of your financial state, then right, great, give right. out a surplus of what you have. But if that's not, we're still also called to give out of yeah. a sacrifice that will be yeah. for our family. Yeah, And that's, that's super convicting. That's good. So 
That's really good. Well, if you're like me, you're pretty convicted at this point from all of these episodes in a mini series that we did. So we hope you enjoyed this. We will be back next week as we jump into more holiday tings and get to kind of finish out the a year. A few fun interviews. Yeah, we so have some fun stuff tuned. coming up. So thanks for listening to the series. Give us feedback. Tell us if you liked it. We don't say this enough, but I feel the need to say it right now. And I don't know why. Leaving us a review and five stars. I mean, if you want to leave less, like just don't. Like at that point, just <laughs> pass by. No, we want your honest feedback. No, not on. You can give us your honest feedback personally, but please don't go give us like two okay, stars on okay. Apple Podcasts. Like just yeah. move along. If you don't like it, DM, DM us. us. Talk to us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't go mess up our stars or our ratings and reviews. But really, that's the way much. that a lot of people find podcasts. The algorithm like boosts that then into the podcast platform. So if you love going there and you love that we give you this, that is some way that you can help support us and have other people find us. Hey, thanks for going there with us. If you loved what you heard, don't forget to follow along with us at Going There, the podcast. And it also means so much to us if you subscribe to our podcast and shared it with a friend. Talk to you soon. Talk to you soon.